When traders tell us how to make Thinkorswim even better, we listen. They asked for a version they could access anywhere, no download necessary. We heard them. And when they asked to execute a preset trade strategy in seconds, we said absolutely. Feedback like this inspired us to build Thinkorswim Web, and it continues to push us. So our entire suite of platforms never stops getting better. Because platforms this innovative aren't just made for traders, they're made by them. Thinkorswim Trading from TD Ameritrade. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Ranamek. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here. We have a very special guest, as you know. Uh, the election time, it's never too early to start. Well, today we have with us Tom Nelson. Tom Nelson is a Midwest progressive and one of the rare Wisconsin Democrats to win election in the rural Republican regions of the battleground state. He is the author of the book, One Day Stronger, How One Union Local Saved, or How One Union Local Saved a Mill and Changed an Industry and what it means for American manufacturing. But most importantly, he is running to unseat one of the most dangerous anti-democratic senators in Congress, Ron Johnson. So welcome to Politics and Right, Tom Nelson. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. This is the very first podcast I'm doing to, I guess, promote my book. As you mentioned, One Day Stronger. I should say the title is not as long as the first chapter, but I hope it's descriptive enough to show what I'm trying to accomplish. Well, you know, you have One Day Stronger colon, so people can, as long as they know it's One Day Stronger, it gives us the impetus to be stronger. Then we can read the other stuff afterwards, which is very important. But anyhow, Tom, Tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. Who, who are you? Why should uh, the, the citizens of Wisconsin think that you can unseat somebody the worst or, let's say, the most dangerous anti-Democrat in Congress, in the Senate? Despite the fact that we are, that I'm 23 minutes away from his lakefront home, the contrast that I have that I bring the campaign is going to likely be the most stark contrast. I grew up in Little Shoe, Wisconsin, son of a Lutheran pastor on a little old street called Carolyn Drive. On that street, seemingly every parent worked in a paper mill. And I worked in one of those mills hauling pulp once. And I saved, as you mentioned before, I saved one of those mills as county executive. I, uh, I spent summers bailing hay on my uncle's farm. I cleared dishes at a supper club. Meanwhile, you have someone like Ron Johnson who represents everything that is wrong in Washington. He chases conspiracy theories and he ignores this economic crisis that has presented itself to Wisconsin and, and also across the country. He is someone who has not earned his wealth and has voted for tax increases that has benefited. What I wanna do, I wanna make sure that the economy works for everyone, not just Ron Johnson, not just the very wealthy, but the mill workers, the working families on Carolyn Drive, the family farms in Clayton and Clear Lake, Wisconsin, and small businesses up and down main streets across our great state and the country for that matter. Now, that, that is actually very important because I, I think... I think how you grew up, a lot of people, a lot of people tend to think, uh, you know, it's the schools you go to and all, all of that. I think my formative years 
uh, or, or the most important of my life to determine the type of empathetic person that I'm going to be, to determine the type of values that I have, and to determine how I'm going to deal with other people. So I think that is very important. That is not to say that somebody who grew up wealthy couldn't develop those things, sure. but it's not inherently there because they have not lived it. Uh, you have lived uh, various facets. Why don't you tell us a little bit? Uh, I want to get into your the, your politics, but beforehand, I think you really gave the segue for us to go into your book first, and then we'll do a little bit of the politics. Tell me, why did you go ahead and write that book? Well, I want to first comment on the first thing you said. My mother, my late mom, um, tried to drill into me. She was very successful that no matter what I did in life, Never forget where I came from. My mother battled breast cancer for almost 11 years. My wife is recovering from breast cancer. Now, having breast cancer, you know, unfortunately is not that unusual, but it's very unusual for a 34-year-old to get cancer, which is the case for my wife. This is an example of both of them were fortunate. They had health insurance. 30 million Americans do not have health insurance and many more are underinsured. That is a big reason why I support Medicare for all. And I think it is fundamentally wrong that in the wealthiest country in the world, that not everyone is covered. Millions are not covered. When I get to Washington, I'm not just going to cover, have a goal to cover millions of Americans with insurance. I'm going to make sure I'm going to do the best I can to cover every single American. That is, go ahead, sir. Now, um, that, uh, I am a, I'm schooled in Medicare for all, and that I've been pushing Medicare for all for the last over a decade right now. So I, I'm going to want to tackle that and actually get a little bit deeper into that. But tell me, I mean, uh, again, a little bit about what sure, drew sure. you yep. into yep. writing your book. I think that is important because, I mean, it is very grassroots. It is also very real. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, about four years ago, almost four years ago, um, one of our mills, one of those mills, it wasn't the one that I worked at, but a lot of my uh, friend's parents did work at that. It's called, it was called the Appleton Coated Mill. When I grew up, colloquially known as the Combined Locks Mill, what happened is it went into receivership. And it went into receivership because early that summer, so it was the summer of 2017, they didn't have the strongest finances. But they had a strong and rich tradition of a local union, and they had a pretty good business plan. And it was owned by local, um, um, it had uh, manager owners, about, about 10 of them. And so I got involved. There's a little known piece on um, a provision in this very old receivership law that allows people or, or, or local unions withstanding to object to the sale, which is what we did. And we prevailed on the new owner, which was an industrial scrap dealer from, from, from uh, California. And we showed them that it was a profitable mill, that they should not scrap it, that they should run it. And so that had a lot to do with the workforce, as well as the business plan that was put together by the local union and by the mill managers. They showed that they could run it. They brought back 300 workers. And the guy actually ended up selling it for um, over $100 million after buying it for about 21 million dollars wow and that kind of goes into one of my one of my things I'm, I'm calling for is that when an entity like a local union is the reason as well as in the case of appleton coded is the reason why it was saved and it was the reason why this new owner was able to flip it for 80 million dollars 
I believe it is also unfair just in the case of not covering every single American with health insurance it is fundamentally unfair that that union did not recover um, the cuts that they took in wages and really should have taken a cut in the profits that that owner um, received. But the reason why what really pushed me is the fact that then Governor Scott Walker, former Governor Scott Walker, which sounds great, and all the local Republican legislators did not do a thing. Meanwhile, they put or committed over $3 billion in state taxpayer dollars for the notorious Foxconn deal. That made me so angry and I decided to do something about it. So I didn't just push back and send out just a tweet. I spent 22 months researching the, this, this book and coming out with a 300 page, the real story behind it. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. That is excellent, and I'm I'm glad that you're cognizant of uh, what occurred after the sale because the the union people sacrificed, everybody sacrificed in the in the town uh, to 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 get to keep this mill around. And when the guy sells it, he sells it for four or five times its uh, his purchase price. He looks like a star, and you guys are left. Uh, I mean, yes, you still have a job, but you weren't the spoils that you guys created. You did not compart with it. I mean, did not become a part of it. Last night, I interviewed uh, Dr. Professor Dr. Richard Wolf, and we were discussing exactly, as an economist, we were discussing exactly these types of issues, where those people on the financial side make the money while the grassroots, the workers, yep. they're just treated like cogs, or they're just treated like another widget in, in a manufacturing plant, etc. So I'm glad that you see that because we need more people in Washington who are making laws, who understand that the person who's doing all these financial transactions would not be there without those who are actually making those transactions profitable, which in your That's case, right. the employees. Um, now, what, uh, what are you running on as far as uh, what are you going to tell your constituents and uh, the entire Wisconsin, why should they get rid of a seasoned professional anti-democratic senator for you? <laughs> people are telling me, I call people asking for support. Every single one, well, they say some choice words for Senator Johnson. But they basically said anyone. They want anyone besides Ron Johnson. In fact, there was some I talked to yesterday. Uh, Sally Miller, I think that was her name. She talked about how she would even take a challenger, Republican challenger, to Ron Johnson. But she mentioned how we talked about how it was patently unfair that the workers did not get anything back from that sale. And that goes back to the main plan 
plank of my candidacy, which which resolves around fairness, economic fairness, racial justice, those important things. That is why what happened with the Appleton coded example, that's exactly what I mean by making sure the economy works for everyone. That is a really good example, as you mentioned, that not, I mean, they did, um, um, half of them did did get their jobs back. They were able to, um, you know, you know, be able to work and have a good wage and and so forth. But it just wasn't fair. That is an example where the economy could be working. The system is rigged. It could be working better for them, but it, but it didn't. Now, again, you're you're stepping into uh, Ron Johnson's position. You have to convince Wisconsinite that. You, you pretty much know all the policies relative to uh, health care, relative to the environment, relative to uh, uh, the, the actual way an economy function, what's going to cause it to rise, what's going to cause it to fall. Uh, J- Ron Johnson is a businessman. Uh, you are a grassroots activist. Uh, tell me now, what are you going to tell those people who are a bit iffy? You know, uh, we know the devil that we have. How do we know that this guy isn't going to go in there and just do all these progressive crazy things? And by the way, the progressive crazy things are not really progressively crazy things. They're actually very fact and numerically based. But what will you tell them? Well, I think if you look at, I mean, I think the case, uh, the case study would be the Bernie Sanders campaign, primary campaign in 2016, where when, when you won every single county, 71 of the 72 um, counties, that goes to show, and he had about as much of a progressive agenda as you could possibly have, and that agenda won out. These progressive issues are mainstream issues, if you will. Everyone wants to see everyone covered by health insurance. So, and that's that's what uh, and that's what Medicare for all is trying to achieve. So, a lot of people support that concept. When you talk about a green new deal. Most of us understand that there is climate change and it is the great in the economy. I mean, I mean, I mean, it is just not sustainable. A friend of mine, Joel Rogers, said, you know, clean energy is the future because humanity is the future. A Green New Deal is absolutely crucial to tackle to try and reverse climate change because what that does is it looks at the economy and it looks at ways in which we can retool everything from from buildings to infrastructure to transportation and in the and in the um, and in the meantime, figure out I mean being able to generate millions and millions of jobs. So those are two types of examples that could be construed as well. These are progressive. It's on the the uh, left. It's on the progressive side of the spectrum, but when you break it down, what they're trying to accomplish are the same objectives that most everyone is trying to accomplish. So the key is is uh, knowing how to explain these issues in which not only Democrats and progressives can appreciate, but folks that consider themselves moderates and even lean Republicans. And Bernie Sanders showed, um, despite you know being a progressive, that those are things that he believes that we can accomplish. And that's going to be a big part and you know quite frankly that's going to be a big challenge i'm going to have but i have a lot of experience and i have been very successful because i've been elected and reelected three times as county executive in a red county elected and reelected three times as a state 
Assemblyman spending one term as majority leader again in a red district. So I have the track record. I think I have the vision. I've had, I mean, I have the values to be able to implement this type of agenda and hopefully and do the best I can to try and get results both for uh, uh, the state of Wisconsin and, and across the country. In other words, you've also won outside of Wisconsin, outside of Milwaukee and Madison, which is uh, which is exceptional. Um, I also find it very important the way you uh, express the Green New Deal because uh, we can't simply look at it as uh, oh, it's great for the environment. Yes, it, we need a good environment for humanity to survive, but at the same time, you have to work to survive, and that you tie uh, retooling, extra work etc better paying work with the green new deal that's right i think it's very important here in texas we're going through a freeze we've never seen before the entire state of texas is frozen never happened the grid which as texans you know texans believe that uh you know uh <laughs> sometimes might as well secede right uh well we have our own power grid and yeah. it has failed Mm -hmm. And so there are four point something million people, about 25 to 33 percent of the people out of power. And uh, the, the first thing the governor did is said our windmills are frozen, which means uh, uh, half of the windmills went down because they didn't have the appropriate regulations to force them to have hidden elements right. so that they don't freeze. So those. Yeah. Freeze. But the funny thing about it is the plants that have given them the most problem are the plants, the the power plants that are based on gas and nuclear and oil because they're frozen. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Yep. And that's where we're losing most of our power. So having someone explain the Green New Deal in a manner that Americans can see that it isn't the problem. It is really the solution. Yes. Now, there are other topics of interest that um, a lot of Wisconsinite will be interested in, and that has to do with student debt. You have one of the better universities in Madison and many other places in, in, in the state. Uh, these are students that, that are coming in from rural areas to get their education, whether it's been agronomy or, agronomy or other, other fields. A lot of these kids have seen debt they've never seen before because of the way our system have turned, the way system has turned and the way much is going on. How or what's your will be your policy, your push to help those students who are in dire straits uh, financially? And how do you this is not an important add, add to the question. How do you ensure that those people who do not go to college feel like somehow yeah. Helping those who went yeah. to college by paying their debt 
is somehow a, 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 an advantage for them and not those who decided to work with their hands or otherwise. Right. Well, here in Wisconsin, um, we have a very strong uh, uh, four-year college system as well as a two-year college system. And one of my responsibilities as county executive, uh, I share responsibility with Winnebago County, which is right down the road. Uh, Ron Johnson's in Winne Winnebago County. And so we have UW-Fox UW Fox Cities, which is connected to UW Oshkosh, which is a four-year uh, four-year school, um, um, as well as Fond du Lac. So Fond du Lac, and uh, here in Allegheny County, um, we have a two-year college. And one of the things that is advantageous of a two-year college is that it's rel relatively cheap. Last, last time I checked, tuition is somewhere between five and six thousand dollars a year. That is remarkable, since there are a lot of schools that have ten times that amount. So number one, <clears throat> you need to figure out a way. You have to make it a priority to make sure that tuition is as affordable as possible. So you want to change the system. But you also mentioned about folks that might not have gone into a two-year, four-year college. Again, a liberal, liberal arts ed education, we also have a very strong technical college system. Um, and Fox White Tech is the technical college that's in our in uh, our district and I actually sat on the board there for three years. Again, that has a very, very strong program that has a good partnership with businesses on demand. It has to be, you know, trained for, uh, for pipe fitters, for plumbers, electricians. They work with those employers. They work with labor to make sure that we are training enough folks so that there is um, um, an op opportunity for people who are going to work with their hands as well as the businesses. They have to make that kind of connection. And here's an interesting story. They had, they passed, I think it was a 70 or million, a 70 or $80 million referendum in 2012, which was right at the tail end of the Great Recession. Despite that fact, despite the economic circumstances, this referendum, $8 million in additional um, 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 property taxes passed and passed by, I think it was like 15 or 20 points. We we're very, very fortunate in Wisconsin, especially Northeast Wisconsin, that we value education, not just two and four year, but also technical college. And so I think that is a very, very important um, part of making, um, you know, post high school education affordable. Well, um, look, uh, we're, we're coming up on time right now. So I always have the last question as follows. What didn't I ask you? What would you like to say uh, that I didn't ask you about. Buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, I've listened to so many podcasts and interviews and presentations from authors and they pitch their book like, you know, just again and again and again. And that's and that's uh, very, very important. And of course, um, I will be donating all the proceeds to a charity, a to be determined charity. Um, but I also want to get that story. I want to make sure locally that people understand this is what happened, not for my benefit, not for Wisconsin's benefit, but for the workers that have a big reason why they're able to do that in the first place. That story has got to get out there. Also, this is going to be a huge um, 
this is going to be the outline for the agenda for my campaign. So we're not just going to try to sell this book, and I hope that we're successful, but we're going to use this template uh, to transition to a U.S. Senate campaign and not just give recommendations of what we want policymakers to do, but this is what this future policymaker at the federal level is going to do and do for the workers of Appleton Coda, the workers around Wisconsin and around the country. Tom Nelson, a progressive activist, Wisconsin Democrat, author of One Day Stronger, How One Union Local Saved a Mill and Changed an Industry and What It Means for American Manufacturing and the candidate with the expectation that he will unseat, Senator Ron Johnson. It's been my pleasure to have you on Politics Done Right. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for the time. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in D.C. And I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business are heroic, and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you.